the fifth chapter, 12 through 16. And by the hands of the apostles were many signs and wonders wrought among the people, and they were all with one accord in Solomon's porch. And of the rest durst no man join himself to them, but the people magnified them, and believers were the more added to the Lord, multitudes both of men and women, insomuch that they brought forth the sick into the streets and laid them on beds and couches, that at the least the shadow of Peter passing by might overshadow some of them. There came also a multitude out of the cities round about unto Jerusalem, bringing sick folks and them which were vexed with unclean spirit, and they were healed every one. May God add his blessing to the reading of his word. As we look at this church that we read about here, this church had a tremendous influence on the people in that day. This, I believe, to be the church that the Lord Jesus Christ started. This church was blessed of Almighty God insomuch that the people realized that they had the power of God. And I believe that if we want to be used of God to be witnesses in our day, that we too must have the power of the Holy Spirit of God. And there are certain things that we need to have as we, as the children of God, uh, if we're going to have a witness and an influence in this world even today. Now, in the book of Acts, we find that the Lord uh, makes this statement. He says, Ye shall be witnesses of me, both in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the uttermost part of the earth. Now, I ask you this question. We know that we're going to be witnesses, but what kind of witnesses are we going to be? And I believe these things that we point out today is going to determine what kind of a witness that our church will be in the community in which that we live. First of all, we want to point out that it must be one, or the church must be one that has unity in it. We must be united. We need to be together under the leadership of Almighty God. There are many verses of Scripture that gives us exhortation that encourages us to be or to dwell in unity. Now, in the book of Psalms, in 133rd Psalm, and verse 1, it says, Behold how good and how pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity. This is a pleasant thing. This is a glorious thing. This is a joyous thing when God's people join together in unity. That uh, when we join together having the same mind. Also in the book of Ephesians in the fourth chapter, verses 3 and also verse 13. He says, endeavoring to keep the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. And this is something that we do not just happen to come upon us, but I believe that this is something that we need to work at, we must work at, to keep the unity, keep the uh, unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. And then also in the 13th verse, he says, Till we all come in the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God 
unto a perfect man, unto the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. One of these days we're all going to be brought together. One of these days we're all going to see things like because that we're going to be gathered to be with him. And so he says if we want happiness, if we want joy, it's a blessed thing, it's a joyous thing to have unity. And so we need to work at this that we might have unity, that we might be together and we might have the same mind, the same mind, the mind of Christ. And so this is what our desire is, that we might be blessed of God, and if we're going to be blessed of God, then we're going to have to have unity. In the book of Philippians, in the second chapter, the first four verses, again, this encourages us for unity. He says, If there be therefore any consolation in Christ, if any comfort of love, if any fellowship of the Spirit, if any vows of mercy, fulfill ye my joy that ye be like-minded, having the same love for being of one accord, of one mind. Let nothing be done through strife or vainglory, but in loneliness of mind let each esteem other better than themselves. And look not every man on his own things, but every man also on the things of others. This little chorus that we sing quite frequently or used to sing a good bit, Jesus first, yourselves last, and others in between. We need to be concerned about one another. We need to have a love one for another. He says, be like-minded, having things or being of one accord and of one mind, seeing things as God would have us to see, seeing these things we endeavor or we work at, trying to keep the unity. Now also we find that uh, this church at Jerusalem, that this is one of the things that they had. The people were together and they had unity. They worked together and this is what gave them, one of the things that gave them much influence upon the people and around about them. We read in the book of Acts in the first chapter and the 14th verse, he says, And these all continued with one accord in prayer and supplication with the women and Mary, the mother of Jesus, and with his brethren. What I want you to see is that they were in one accord. There was unity. And I believe that we can see also that there was unity in the choice of Matthias. In the 23rd verse through the 26th, we read this, Acts 1. He says, And they appointed to Joseph, called Barsabas, who was surnamed Justice, and Matthias. And they prayed... And said, Thou, Lord, which knowest the hearts of all men, show whether of these two thou hast chosen, that we may take part of this ministry, that, that he may take part of this ministry and apostleship from which Judas was by transgression fell. And they gave forth their lots, and the lot fell upon Matthias, and he was named with the eleven apostles." I believe that again we can see unity in this church. We see them in one accord on the day of Pentecost in the second chapter and in the first verse. He says, And when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. And this is why and this is how that they had great power. Because they were in one accord, they had unity, they were working together. And then on over in the 46th verse of this second chapter of the book of Acts, 
It says, and they continued daily with one accord in the temple and breaking bread from house to house did eat their meat with gladness and singleness of heart. This is unity. This is working together. This is endeavoring to keep the unity of the spirit. This is trying to put ourselves where God can use us. We also see that uh, there was unity in the thing of thanksgiving in verse four, chapter 4 and verse 24. They were thanking God. He says, And when they heard that they lifted up their voices to God with one accord and said, Lord, thou art God, which hath made heaven and earth and the sea and all that in them is. So we see throughout the scripture that he encourages us and that there is to be unity. And then also we notice another thing about this church that God blessed and he will do it today. The churches and that is those churches who meet together in unity and have times of praying. Great prayer meetings. We find there in the first chapter again in the 14th verse. He says and these all continued with one accord in prayer and supplication we see them meeting together they had prayer they prayed unto god they'd met together there for 10 days they prayed for the power of the spirit of god to be upon them and as they did we find that the spirit came upon them and i believe that for us to be able to carry out the great commission that god has given to us we too must have the Spirit of God to lead us and to direct us. And if we're going to be influential, if we're going to have power with God, if we're going to be like Israel, thou shalt be a man that has power with God and with man, we're going to have to be led by the Holy Spirit of God. We're going to have to have power with Him. And then also we find that this church, they prayed before their business meeting. We read here when the book of Acts, when they began to make a decision as to who would fulfill the place of Judas, we find that they prayed and said, Thou, Lord, that knowest the hearts of all men, show whether of these would be the one that would take Judas's place. Show us, Lord, lead us by thy Holy Spirit that we might know, that we might be led by thy Spirit to make the right decision. And then also we look at this. They were in their prayer meeting that they continued in the second chapter and verse 42. They continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship and breaking of bread and in prayer. We see them again in their meeting that there was in the doctrine of the word of God, the things that they had learned, the things that they had been taught, also in fellowship and also in remembering the Lord's death in the breaking of bread. I believe that he's talking about observing of the Lord's Supper. We find that this Jerusalem church, that they prayed for their preachers, those that God had called to preach and to proclaim the word. Look in the fourth chapter in verse 29. And now, Lord, behold their threatenings. Lord, they've been out and they've been told, don't you preach the word of God. Don't you preach this Lord Jesus Christ. And he says, and grant unto thy servants with, that with, bold, with all boldness they may speak thy word. They prayed that their preachers may have boldness, that their servants, that they may have boldness to preach the word of God, that God would give them power to preach and that they might not hold back, but they might preach the whole word of God. 
And this brings us to the next point that we want to emphasize. Not only do they uh, need to be in one accord, they need to have great prayer meetings, but also that a church whom God will bless, that we need to preach and teach the word of God regardless of what it may cost. It may be that those that uh, preach, that uh, as you preach, that you will say things that will offend other religious leaders, those that are preaching other doctrine. But notice what happened in the fourth chapter of the book of Acts in verse 1 and 2. He says, And as they spake unto the people, the priests and the captain of the temple and the Sadducees came upon them, being grieved that they taught the people and preached through Jesus the resurrection from the dead. Now these priests, these Sadducees, these captains of the temple, they did not believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. But these preachers, they preached the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and that through him that men might have eternal life by believing in his name. And so when we preach that salvation is by grace through faith, in the Lord Jesus Christ. This is going to disrupt. This is going to be opposite and contrary to what the most of the world that has religion today is going to be teaching. And so we need boldness to preach that salvation is by grace through faith in the Lord Jesus Christ because this is the important thing. If a person misses this, they cannot have uh, the entrance to heaven. Their good works will do them no good. And so we need to preach the cardinal doctrines of the word of God. Then also we need to read again perhaps the book of, in the book of Luke in the 6th chapter and the 26th verse. If everybody is speaking well of you, then he says you need to be careful on this. He says, woe unto you when all men shall speak well of you. For so did their fathers to the false prophets. Now today... We look at it, and there are many false prophets in the land. You'll hear many things. And so he says, you be careful. If everybody's agreeing with you, if everybody's patting you on the back, everybody's saying, well, I believe everything that you say, he says, you'd better be careful. Because when the false prophets preached, that's exactly what happened then. And so we need to preach the entire word of God. We need to preach it in such a way that... Uh, that we not have to apologize when we stand before God. Also, when we preach the word of God, when they preach the word of God, it meant that some of them were put in jail. Some of them gave their lives. Some of them were killed for the cause of Christ. And so we today, if we want to have power with God, we've got to preach the word with boldness. We've got to preach the word with the power of the Spirit. Notice what happened in the fourth chapter of the book of Acts again. And the third verse, it says, And they laid hands on them and put them in hold until the next day, for it was eventide. They had put them in jail so that the next day they might take their lives from them. In the fifth chapter and the 18th verse, he says, And laid their hands on the apostles and put them in the common prison. Those that were preaching the Lord Jesus Christ they were put in prison because they refused to stop preaching the Lord Jesus Christ. And we should also consider God more than we consider man. Now, if this is the message of God, we need to preach it even if they take us and put us in jail. We need to stand for the word of God. Look what he tells us in the fourth chapter of the book of Acts, 
17 through 20. He says, But that it spread no farther among the people, let us straightly threaten them that they should speak henceforth to no man in this name. And they called them and commanded them not to speak at all, nor teach in the name of Jesus. But Peter and John answered and said unto them, Whether it be right in the sight of God to hearken unto you more than unto God, judge ye. You tell me, should we obey God or should we obey man? We cannot but speak the things which we have seen and heard. And then in the 29th verse of the 5th chapter of Acts, he says, Then Peter and the others, apostles, answered and said, We ought to obey God rather than men. We ought to obey God rather than men. And so we need to preach the word of God. We need to preach all of the word of God regardless of the consequence. Now, as we preach the word of God, I'm of an opinion that we need to live by the word of God because it's going to have no effect on the people out here if we go out and preach one thing and practice something else. We need to practice what we preach. We need to put it into action. And I believe that we can look at this and surely know that there's many fields in which that we can point this out. I believe that in our dress, in our speech, the places we go, the conduct of our lives, we can take all of these things into consideration. And so in this, we need to be obedient unto God. In other words, we need to put it into practice the things that are written in the word of God. Then also they prayed one for another. And this is a commandment of the Lord. He says, pray for us. This is what, or not the Lord himself, but the apostles said, pray for us. And then also we find that also in the praying, and that is to observe and practice. In the 12th chapter of the book of Acts and the 12th verse, he says, and when he had uh, considered the things, he came to the house of Mary, mother of John, whose surname was Mark, where many were gathered together praying. And so if we say we believe in prayer, we ought to meet together in prayer, then we ought to be, we ought to show forth that we believe that it's important to meet together and to pray together. Then also we find that this church must be a doctrinal church, a church that preaches and teaches the word of God. They preach prophecy, and in this prophecy, it's faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. That he went to the cross of Calvary, that he died, was buried, rose again, has gone back into heaven, and that he is coming again. Now, there are a lot of people in this day, they still did not believe in the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. They did not believe in the substitutionary death of the Lord Jesus Christ. We need to preach the atonement of the Lord Jesus Christ. I believe we need to preach baptism. We need to preach sanctification. We need to preach predestination. We need to preach justification. The doctrines of the word of God. We need to preach discipline in the church. We need to preach separation. These are all doctrines in the word of God. And so we need to practice the things that are in God's word. It's not going to do one earthly bit of good to stand before God and say, God, we believe these things, but we're not willing to live by them. We're not willing to put them into practice. And so if we want to have influence in our church, then we must practice the word of God that we preach. 
Then another thing that we look at this church that we've read about and a church that's going to have an influence, and that is that that church is going to follow their minister, the one whom God has called or God has placed over as an under-shepherd of the sheep. Now, as we look at it, Peter led the people in the choosing of one to replace Judas Iscariot. And as you look at this, the people followed in this. They prayed, and he uh, asked them to uh, make a decision. And they went to the Lord in prayer, and they cast their boats, and the boat fell upon Matthias. There was unity in this, and here they followed the leader. Then also we find again over in the book of Acts, in the sixth chapter, that there came a need for uh, some de uh, deacons in the church. And we find that the leaders there, or the, uh, the pastor there, uh, said to select you out uh, seven men full of the Holy Ghost. You can read it there. And how that they chose these men. And uh, the twelve, he says here, that they led the people to make a selection of the, the deacons that would serve there. I believe that as there is a need for deacons, that it ought to be put forth, and the people ought to say, we have men that can fill this office. That these men, as spiritual leaders, that they can take care of these physical needs that we have in the land today. And I believe that it ought to be under the leadership of the pastor of the church. Then also we look at this and realize that when we have three or four, maybe, that are uh, giving advice or being instructing the people that you're going to find that it will destroy the influence of the church. When you have three or four men or three or four people in the church that people are looking to, instead of looking to their pastor or their minister that God has set over them, you're going to find that that church will lose its influence, not only in the church, but in the community in which that we live. And we're trying to minister to people in the whole community. And so we need to have a leader, spiritual leader. And I believe that this is what God has placed the minister in the church for. And then also another thing for a church to have power, to have influence, to have an effect upon the world in which that we live. We must be missionary. The church that God is going to bless the church that's going to prosper is the church that is missionary. The church that's willing to send out and be sent out for the glory of God. Now notice this in the book of Acts, the second chapter again, in verse 46. And they continuing daily with one accord in the temple and breaking of bread from house to house did eat their meat with gladness and singleness of heart. And then in 5 and verse 42, we read this, And daily in the temple and in every house they ceased not to teach and preach Jesus Christ. They did not just stay in one place, but they went out. And I believe if you look at this, they went to the houses in the community. They had prayer meetings. They had time of worship. In the book of Acts, in the 8th chapter and verse 4, we read this, and they that were scattered abroad went everywhere preaching the word. I believe this is sending out. These are being sent out. Some of them wouldn't go until that God drove them out, till God brought persecution, but then they went out. They went out preaching and teaching the word of God. In the fifth chapter, or the fifth verse, then Philip went down to the city of Samaria and preached Christ unto them. 
And the people with one accord gave heed unto those things which Philip spake, hearing and seeing the miracles which he did. For unclean spirits, crying with loud voice, came out of many that were possessed with them, and many taken with palsy, and that were lame were healed, and there was great joy in that city. And so the going out, taking forth, spreading forth the word of God. We need to go forth. We need to get the word of God out. We need to send out missionaries, go from place to place. We need to fill in this community with the word of God. In the book of Acts, the fifth chapter, verse 28, saying, Did not we straightly command you that ye should not teach in this name? And behold, ye have filled Jerusalem with your doctrine and intend to bring this man's blood upon us. Here's what I see in this, that they went everywhere preaching and teaching the Lord Jesus Christ. And as they did, they said, You're responsible to accept him, to receive him as your personal Savior. And if you don't, his blood is upon your hands. And they said, We don't want this. We don't want to hear any more about it. We'd rather not hear about this Christ. You stop preaching it. And instead of this, they filled the city with the doctrine of the Lord Jesus Christ. And I believe we need to go out. We need to preach Christ to the people in this community. We need to preach people to people there the way of salvation. And I believe as we do this, going from house to house, by word to mouth, and then also by tracts as we pass them out, this is a ministry, getting the word of the Lord out, the paper, and then also in various ways, in Bible teachings and the like of this, we need to get out here and be missionary. We say, oh, we love the world. We want to see people saved, but we never darken the door. We never go to them and encourage them to receive Christ as personal Savior. Be doers of the word and not hearers. Put this thing into practice. Then another thing that we look at, and, and that is a church that is going to have influence, is a church that's one that is willing to give. First of all, we believe that we need to give ourselves unto the Lord. And as we give ourselves unto him, then we're going to be able to give of our tithes and our offerings. We're going to be able to give of our time, other things, to the furtherance of the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. And as we do these things, I believe that we can say that this is a church and these are examples of a church whom God used, whom God blessed, and we are reaping the harvest of this church ministry even yet today. How many people know about your church? How many people know about the church that you attend, the Big Bone Baptist Church? How many people do you want to know about it? You say, there's a few people know about it. Have, has God used you to tell them about the work and about the church that you serve him in? Let me ask you, what do they know about this church? Is it that Jesus is in our midst, that the Holy Spirit of God is working that he's saving souls, and you come here and you're fed from the Word of God, and you go out rejoicing that you've been able to study the Word of God with God's people. Your heart is filled and bubbling over, and you have a burden for that lost neighbor. You have a concern for their soul, and you want them to be saved, and then come and join with us that they might stand in the army of the living God, that we might lift up the banner of the cross of Calvary and show to the world what Christ has done for us. We shall be witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, the uttermost part of the earth. What kind of a witness do we have? 
What kind of a witness have you been in this church in which that God has placed you there? Do we see today men being drawn unto Christ because of that love that is in you and that is being spread abroad to those around about us? We love because he first loved us. I say unto you that we need these things. We must have if we're going to be blessed of God. We're going to have to have unity. We're going to have to have great prayer meetings where that we shake the throne of God in our prayers as we meet together and we can come back and see that our prayers have been answered because that we have power with God. We preach and teach the word of God and as we preach it and teach it, God empowers it and causes it to bring men to their knees to repent of their sins. And we preach it regardless of the cost of our lives. Then we practice it to the place that Christ in us shows forth to the world and they say, I want to be like those people. They look at us and say, there's a peculiar person. There's a person that's different. There's a person that is strict in their belief in serving God. Brother, that's what God taught in his word. That's his desire for us, that we would be a peculiar people, that we would be a people that are different, that we're not like the world. We're a people that follow the word of God and it can't get too close to the word of God to please us and satisfy us. We need to follow the minister whom God has placed as the under shepherd. We need to be missionary. We need to be a church that would give of ourselves and then give of that which God has blessed us with. And as we do this, I believe that we can see what he did to that church. And I believe that the same Holy Spirit of God is able to work in our church as it did in this church that was at Jerusalem at this time. And you today, if you want this power and you look at your life and you've, not, you've fallen short in some way, use something in your life that you've not done, then this morning will you take inventory and say, Lord, I'll do what you want me to do. I'll go where you want me to go. I'll say what you want me to say. Lord, open my lips that I might be a witness, that I might speak the words that you'd have me to speak. I want this church to have power with God and power with men so that as we go to them, as we talk to them, that they will be brought under conviction. God will save their souls and they'll, when the invitation is given, they'll gladly walk down the aisle and confess before him, I've received Christ as my Savior. Those in the community, around about, and in this area, northern Kentucky, can know that Christ is working and dwelling in the midst of this people here at Big Bone Baptist Church. This is my desire. This is what I want to see, that this church will be able to pray and sinners will be brought to their knees, that we'll be able to pray and God will raise up those from their sickbed, that we'll be able to pray and the community in which that we live will be brought to their knees as they bow, bow before God today. This is my desire and this is my prayer and I know that from God's word that this is the way that we can have it. But we've got to give ourselves unto God and let him lead us in these things. As God speaks to your heart today, you let him have his way in your life. Will you come and tell us about it? This has not been primarily to lost people, but if you're here and God's spoken to your heart, then you come and let us know what he has said unto you.